am Tony Visick. This is Living on a Thin Line, and I'm live on ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com, and I'm live on YouTube. As a matter of fact, I am getting a notification on my Facebook that I'm live on YouTube. That's how live I am. Um, hold on. We're going to go live on Facebook Live as well, and then we will be uh, up and running <coughs> Excuse me, on all three platforms. Where's my sodi pop? Um, there we go. There we go. We are now live. We're live. Now we're live. We were semi-live. We were pseudo-live. We were sort of live, but now we're actually live. Hello, Tony Vizic, living on a thin line, Monday afternoon, 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. I made a promise to all of you that I would broadcast every day until... Um, Whatever the end of this is, whatever that looks like. So uh, that's what we're doing. And uh, we uh, did it yesterday. Uh, we're doing it today. We are on ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com. We are on YouTube on the Comedy Schools channel. And we are on Facebook Live. This is the show that is your daily diversion, your daily distraction from all the anxiety, weirdness, and hoopla that seems to have enveloped our city, states, towns, planets, maybe galaxy. I don't know. This might be a galactic thing. No one's actually told me yet, so I have no idea. Um, before we get started, I want to thank uh, each and every audience member last night who attended Who attended um, Tony Vizic Presents Sunday Night's Funnier Mother's Day Edition starring Diane Miner, who did just a fantastic job, just a fantastic job uh, on the show last night, along with her, uh, her fellow performers, and that included Manny, uh, the soccer dad, and uh, Mr. Marriage himself, Joe Gannon, along with a special intro from her son. So uh, that was um, that was kind of a nice thing to see. And I got to tell you, if you haven't seen one of our uh, Sunday night shows yet, and the tickets are only ten bucks, and I'm going to be—I announced last night who our headliner was this Sunday. I haven't put tickets on sale yet. Uh, you owe it to yourself to check it out. You really owe it to yourself to check it out because what you'll see is a lot of people, uh, a lot of the people that perform on our shows are working very hard to make this as uh, professional and polished a presentation as possible for you. And last night was just fantastic. Each and every performer looked like uh, seasoned pros who had been doing something like this for years and years and years. Some of them have been doing stand-up for uh, some time, but as far as uh, having to uh, grab the bull by the horns and all of a sudden make a, you know, a hard left in the trajectory of their careers and go, wow... Instead of uh, nightclubs, theaters, and television, it's going to be uh, direct to, uh, direct to a, a social media concept. Uh, they did a killer job. And last night was the night where we had the least amount of technical flaws. So I was thrilled about that. Who's this Sunday's headliner? This Sunday's headliner. Tickets will go on sale this evening. There will only be 80 tickets for sale. I think this one will sell out. Will be none other than Phoenix's favorite, Jonathan Gregory, one of the major headliners in this city. Jonathan Gregory will be on Tony Visit Presents Sunday Nights Funnier this coming Sunday, May 17th. So you're going to want to see that show along with a few special guests. Those will be announced too. So uh, that's going to be our show. Jonathan Gregory uh, and his creepy comp will be perfect for a Zoom show. This time he may very well be uh, performing in his basement. So you're going to want to catch that show. Uh, we just had a great time last night. Thanks. And also thanks to our producer who just happens to be my wife. Sure. Hello. This is, um, anyway, just letting you know all that this Sunday, Jonathan Gregory last night was a great show 
for those of you that uh, joined us, we uh, we thank you. We appreciate it. Oh, so very much. So, um, uh, <laughs> so uh, here's what's going on today. I got I got some hoopla going on in the background here that's cracking me up. Uh, here's what's going on today. You know how the show works. If you've been watching this show, you know how it works. Okay, it's built around three uh, uh, important pieces. One being you, you, uh, the audience, the audii. And if you've got questions or comments, you just type them right there at Facebook Live and I'll do my best to answer them. And or you could do it on uh, YouTube on the Comedy Schools channel. And of course, Shirley is watching uh, the computer where uh, ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com is being broadcast from. And if uh, someone has a question or comment there, <coughs> I will answer that too. A little tickle in my throat today. I was out in the pool, out in the sun, uh, for uh, longer than I should have been. But dang, was it a good time. Dang, dang, dang. So uh, so we build it around your questions and comments. I also show you something from uh, here inside my home office. Uh, I call them knick-knack, paddywhack, skip a dog a bone. They're memorabilia, uh, autograph mementos, uh, trinkets and doodads that mean something to me. As I've kind of dug around years and years and years of stuff that meant something to me then being set by the wayside and just having dust build up on it, which I think is wrong because we don't appreciate often what we have. I'm now going through all of it and sharing it with you. And if there's uh, some funny little story, if there's a funny little story attached to uh, that knickknack or memento, then I will share it with you. The other thing we build it around is uh, from my vast vinyl album collection. I uh, recommend either two artists or two albums or a couple of pieces of music that you may have loved at one time and have totally forgotten about or that you may have never heard of before, and you go, I'm going to listen to that now. There's one other final piece, okay? But this is not a permanent part of the show, but it's something we're going to have to wrap up this week, and that is we have been compiling lists. This is our first list. We're going to do more. Uh, this list was the 10 coolest people ever. The 10 coolest people ever? How can you make such a list? Well, I can. That's what I do. Um, and we now have nine. Number nine. Number nine. We now have nine people on the list. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I don't know why my wife just put up, my name is Jeff uh, here on the screen, but uh, there's something screwy going on here. Uh, anyway, uh, here are the nine people, and we need 10. The nine people are on the list of the 10 coolest people ever, starting with number nine, Billy Holiday. Number eight, Jack Nicholson. Number seven, Humphrey Bogart. Number six, Prince. Five, Steve McQueen. Four, Frank Sinatra. Three, James Dean. Two, Keith Richards. And number one, without a doubt, cannot be argued at all that he is on this list and that he's number one, Miles Davis. We need one more to complete the list. Once we complete the list, we'll put, blast it all over social media and have a lot of trolls and weirdos uh, who are out there uh, uh, drinking uh, bleach to get rid of their blues uh, arguing with it. So uh, here's who's on the maybe list, and we're closing the maybe list. Can't put anybody else on. Uh, Dean Martin, Sean Connery, Charles Bronson, Muhammad Ali, my brother Jerry, uh, myself, uh, Buddy Rich, Richard Pryor, John Kennedy, Bruce Lee, Sam Jackson, Chuck Norris, uh, Kurt Cobain, Denzel Washington, Catherine Hepburn, Tina Turner, Sidney Poitier, Little Richard, Lenny Bruce, and Bob Dylan. So... Um, that's who's on the maybe list. Now, you can vote for any of them. One of them has more votes than anyone so far. Uh, there is a thought that maybe uh, that the 10 should be a woman. 
I kind of don't, yes, I'm going to say yes. It's not like, well, then we have to uh, take someone who's not cool and put them on the cool list in order to round out some sort of, uh, uh, you know, to make everybody comfortable. But there are cool women on this list. Of course, they are Tina Turner. They are Lauren Bacall. Uh, they are uh, uh, Catherine Hepburn. Uh, who else? Who else? Well, Billie Holiday is now already on the list, is already on the list. So uh, we try to come up with that. All right. So we do that. Um, we made it through the day. I hope you're making it through the day too well. I hope you're doing okay. I hope you're handling the uh, quarantine okay. Uh, I certainly hope you do. Uh, and I know that you are. If you're here, you're handling it okay. If you're here, you figured out how to handle it and you're doing it. And this is part of how we handle it as well. We've built a whole new schedule for ourselves. Everything we're doing is online. Uh, it's been fantastic so far. All of our comedy workshops are online. All of our shows are online. Uh, and people are responding in a marvelous, marvelous way. Uh, we, want, we want to be silly. We want to be stupid. We want to make you laugh your ass off. We want you to have a great, great time. But we want you to be safe. Okay? We're not going to risk you for our dollar. We're not going to risk you for our dollar. Listen, when the time comes, I'll be the first one out running down the street, hugging every stranger I see when that time comes. Okay, that time is not right now. You know, actually, I won't. I don't like hugging strangers. Uh, strangers are creepy, uh, especially if they're clowns. I will not ever hug a strange, creepy clown. Uh, hold on, I'm getting some direction here from the other side. What is that? I can't, I can't hear, I can't hear the, uh, the direction from the other side. What? Okay, yeah, yeah, that's right. You know what? I'm the normal one. I'm the normal one. So, uh, and that's kind of scary. All right, I'm getting, I'm getting uh, backstage directions here. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the memento. Let's talk about the thing, okay? What have I got with me today? I'm going to show you something here. Thought you might get a kick out of this. There's a funny story behind it. What am I showing you there? That's right. It is a framed, uh, uh, not check, okay? It's not a framed check, but it's the framed, uh, uh, yeah, actually it is. It is actually a... Uh, uh, a, a copy of a check that I got. And I got this check uh, in 1990. In 1990, I got this check. Why do I have a framed check from 1990? This check is from the American Federation of Television and Radio Audio Artists, 6922 Hollywood, California. Hollywood Boulevard, Hollywood, California, 90028. Paid to the order of Tony Visick, the sum of $113. It's from the Security Pacific National Bank at Highland in Hollywood, and I know exactly where that is. American Federation of Television Radio Artists Member Exchange Clearing Account, void after six months. I did cash it. It's for $113. What was it for? A television show that I did. It was for my very first ever evening at the Improv. There used to be a show on the Arts and Entertainment a channel called Evening at the Improv. It was one of the shows that really, really, really helped launch the comedy boom or helped bring the comedy boom up to its next level once they started showing on A&E. It was a novel idea behind uh, television because instead of a variety show uh, or a late-night talk show that one comic performed on, it was five comics with a host coming directly from uh, the Brahmin of comedy clubs at the time, the Melrose Improv. Okay, Bud Friedman and uh, Mark Lenau's uh, Melrose Improv. So uh, Mark Lenau doesn't get mentioned enough, but he was so important in uh, 
uh, helping that thing move forward. So very, very much now a Broadway producer, a good guy. Uh, his daughter, Claudia Lanau, is a good friend of mine. It was instrumental in me being alive today. And that's a different story for a different time that I'll tell sometime if Claudia is watching. Um, anyway, uh, and for me being here in front of you as well, $113. That's not what the check started out being. It didn't start out being a $113 check. It started out being an $803.50 check. So that's what you got paid for doing five minutes on Evening at the Improv in 1990. $803.50. Pretty cool. Uh, Less AFTRA. That is the next line item. And that's $690.50 $690. for a net of $113. So what happened? How did a union get the lion's share of the money? Well, here's how the union got the lion's share of the money. And uh, this is one of the, you know, I'd always been a union man uh, my whole life. And somebody, I was a member of Boilermakers. I was a member of Retail Clerks. Uh, God, what other, I was a member of several other unions in my life. But um, I had joined AFTRA. You could join AFTRA without doing anything, without ever having to been on a television show or radio show or anything. You could just join it. You could just join it. Uh, and then uh, if you were up for a, uh, a part that uh, required that you be in the Screen Actors Guild, then that smoothed the way. Okay, so I joined it, and then I promptly forgot about it. And being the young drinker and partier and rambler and rounder that I was, I never looked at my mail much. So when it came time for me, because there's a, like a quarterly dues you pay, even if you're not making any money, so you stay in good standing with the union. It's minuscule. But I had joined in like 1980. It's minuscule, but it adds up. So when I did this show, I had a penalty for all the quarterly dues I had not paid for 10 years. And I screamed to high heaven going, this is bullshit. You guys never did anything for me. And they go, well, you know, you should have suspended your membership. And I go, suspend my, I didn't even know. I didn't even know how any of this worked. I was just a kid in town. He would join after, join after. That way you can get into SAG. And, you know, it was all bullshit. It was all silliness. It cost me 690 bucks. But I still had my first check from doing television, and I have a copy of it to this day. So that's that story. thought I'd share that with you right there. Um, hello, Tina and Mike Lawson, Paul Lynch, Kevin Brown, Glenn Roman, Garvey Biggers. Uh, there's more. We're kind of stuck here. Uh, Randy Ioma, Mike Ramsey, Charles Kaminsky, Jim Perry says, I'm glad you're alive. I'm glad I'm alive too. And of course, my uh, wife is watching. All right, let's get to the music we're going to recommend today, okay? So I've got some, uh, some interesting things here to uh, recommend to you. Uh, yesterday, of course, was uh, Sunday, so we certainly recommended some. Today, um, and we've recommended stuff from this guy before. So I've actually got uh, two records here, but the first one is this, okay? Look at that. That says, and if you're reading it backwards because of a mirror image, I'm sorry. It says, Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid. Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid. Okay, and look at it. There's a pretty cool picture at the back. Uh-huh. Look at that. Pretty cool picture on the back. Uh, and uh, that is uh, Chris Christopherson and a guy shoving a rifle in his chest. The guy who's shoving the rifle in Chris Christopherson's chest, I forget his name right now, but for... Uh, about 20 years on every episodic television show, Gunsmoke, Wells Fargo, he always played like the kind of dumb, kind of mean, religious, uh, Bible-thumping uh, uh, farmer 
I said, you know, my, my boys are Bible-believing. The Bible says an eye for an eye, and that's what they killed that man. And he always played that guy. And I cannot remember his name, but I'll find it tomorrow. But I ran in, the guy holding the shotgun. I ran into him one time at the Burbank Airport, and we talked acting for about a half hour while we were waiting for, uh, waiting for our bags. Uh, he was a New York actor, started out with some of the great New York actors, Paul Newman and Robert Redford and uh, uh, so many gr- other great actors went on to be stars, and they were all young guys together, Gene Hackman, and uh, he never became a star, but that guy became uh, a stalwart on episodic, episodic television for like 20 or 30 years. Now, the name of the album is Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid. That is the name of the album on the back. Picture of Chris Christopherson and a guy with a shotgun. That's what's on it. But who did the album? He's not on it anywhere. The album is the soundtrack to Pat Garrett and Billy, Billy the Kid. The entire soundtrack was done by none other than Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan. Uh, and here are the songs on the soundtrack. Main title theme, Cantina theme, Billy One, Bunkhouse theme, River theme, Turkey Chase, Final theme, record, uh, Billy Four and Billy Seven. But the big song, the big monster off of this album, and it wasn't a monster at the time, is Knocking on Heaven's Door. Knocking on Heaven's Door. And uh, playing on this particular song with our Terry Paul time, our Terry Paul, Roger McGuinn of The Birds, and Jim Keltner. Uh, um, let me see, is there anybody else cool on the album with him? Uh, nobody of note, but all great musicians. So Knocking on Heaven's Door, uh, Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid was the first, like, the first real alternative Western done by crazy madman Sam Peckinpah. Sam Peckinpah reimagined the Western with the Wild Bunch, bringing in all that slow motion violence and the poetry of um, uh, a man against a barren landscape. But when he made uh, Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid, it was like the first rock and roll Western. Chris Christopherson, outlaw country uh, musician and songwriter playing Pat Garrett. Bob Dylan was in it. Uh, uh, somebody other, and, and all kinds of great character actors. The American Western was beginning to fall by the wayside at that time. A lot of the people who had made Westerns for about 20, 30, even 40 years were not getting as much work. Uh, Sam put them all to work. They were all coked out of their goddamn skulls down in Mexico making the movie. The movie's kind of a mess, but it's also one of my all-time favorite Westerns. If you ever get a chance to check out Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid, and see a, a Western that redefined Westerns for the next 10 or 15 years. Okay, it uh, really added something to it. Check that out. Knocking on Heaven's Door was not a huge hit, okay, but it became kind of a mainstay. It was a pretty song. But then it got recorded over and over and over again by an army of musicians of uh, uh, subsequent generations, including, of course, a monster hit by Guns N' Roses. And the fascinating thing was, I remember talking to someone one time, and they go, I don't like Bob Dylan. So you like uh, Guns N' Roses? I go, they're great. I go, you like Knocking on Heaven's Door? I go, that's their best song. I go, Dylan wrote it. They go, what? So many great songs written by Dylan that were actually launched into the stratosphere by other artists all along the Watchtower. Of course, Jimi Hendrix and uh, Guns N' Roses doing the same thing with Knocking on Heaven's Door. There's some great kind of country, bluegrass, bluesy stuff on the Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid soundtrack. I'm begging you to check it out. Go back and listen to Dylan's version of Knocking on Heaven's Door. Uh, very halt, uh, uh, haunting. It's uh, actually in the movie played when, um, not Chill Wills, uh, Slim Pickens. Uh, is, uh, and uh, Slim Pickens is in a gunfight and gets shot and then kind of 
crawls out to the river and dies down by the river. Uh, it's a very haunting, beautiful scene, and the music fits perfectly, and the album's wonderful. Check it out. All right, the next piece of uh, music, also a little... Uh, okay, uh, UPS is outside, but I don't think it's for us. But the dog's barking. The dog's barking, but it ain't for us. I think there ought to be a law that says UPS... If they, if they cause your dog to bark, they have to give you whatever package they have in the truck. Doesn't that sound like a good rule, you guys? Yeah. If. <laughs> if UPS causes your dog to bark, they have to automatically come up and give you a package. They got to have, like, door prizes in there. That would only be right. They would only be right. All right. Next album we're going to recommend. This says Blues Breakers. Blues Breakers. <laughs> Blues. <laughs> yeah, shit. There it is. Let me just get to it. John Mayall with Eric Clapton. John Mayall with... <laughs> you guys didn't really think this was professional, did you? This is... Okay. There are people who are trying to... Uh, we're just trying to put on a good presentation for you so it's something enjoyable to look at and listen to. But uh, here's the songs. All Your Love. It's a Willie Dixon song. Hideaway. Uh, Little Girl by John Mayall. Another Man by John Mayall. Uh, Double Cross in Time. Uh, Mayall and Clapton. Uh, what I Say, a Ray Charles tune. Akita Love by John Mayall. Parchment Farm. Uh, Have You Heard, Rambling on My Mind by Robert Johnson. Uh, stepping Out and It Ain't Right. So John Mayall was so important to the music that my generation listened to because John Mayall had one of those bands that many of the greatest rock and roll people, that's right, my grandson's here, there he is, wave, you can see him on YouTube, wave Sullivan, all right, come on over here so you can see you on Facebook Live too, we've, uh, uh, we've all been socially distant long enough that uh, we got a grandson day, okay, there you go, all right, love you buddy, uh, <laughs> Uh, John Mayall uh, had the band that so many great artists passed through, including uh, Mick Taylor and Ronnie Wood and Eric Clapton and Jeff Beck and Jimmy Page and Mick Fleetwood and John McVie and the, the big major badass players, everybody except for the guys in the Beatles, all started out with John Mayall. And Jan John Mayall loved American blues and young men in England who wanted to play American blues and were good Got to join John Mayall's band where they become, they went from good to great and went on to form some of the greatest rock bands ever, including the Rolling Stones, including, uh, I believe, uh, yeah, Led Zeppelin, including uh, Fleetwood Mac and uh, Cream and many, many more. This particular album is all selections when Eric Clapton was with John Mayall. So if you don't know, if you like Eric Clapton, if you like Led Zeppelin, if you like Cream, if you like Fleetwood Mac, if you like the Rolling Stones, and you think they just came up out of whole cloth, no, no. Go back and listen to John Mayall. Check out, just Google John Mayall, and you will find some stunning stuff, early stuff, early stuff, fantastic stuff. I actually, uh, what's my degree of separation from uh, John Mayall? I will tell you that back in the mid-'80s, uh, I was hanging out with a group of people, 
in West Hollywood. They were all cool people. We all went to lunch together. It'd be like a big table of people. Somehow I ended up with this group of people. I somehow end up, I'm always the outsider on the inside for a little while. And one of the people was a young lady named Maggie Mayall. And Maggie Mayall was John Mayall's wife. And she was a hell of a blues player herself. So I knew Maggie Mayall quite well. Very nice uh, woman. Uh, at the time, you know, we were all kids. When I think about 29, you don't think of yourself as a kid when you're 29, I know. Uh, but all, you know, in our, uh, from mid-20s to mid-30s, hanging out in Hollywood, uh, seeing what comes next. Seeing what comes next. What comes next for you? I'll tell you what comes next for you, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, moms and dads. What comes next for you is uh, the show tomorrow at 2 p.m. Another edition of Living on a Thin Line with Tony Visick. Uh, like I said, it's your daily distraction. I encourage you to ask me questions. I encourage any sort of silliness at all. Uh, but you get a chance tomorrow to watch another uh, episode of Living on a Thin, thin Line. Um, <coughs> and um, also, uh, what's next is two other things. Later on tonight, tickets will be on sale for Tony Vizic Presents Sunday Night's Funnier, our 7 p.m. show on Zoom. And the headliner will be Jonathan Gregory. For those of you that know Jonathan Gregory and you've been jonesing because the comedy clubs haven't been open, okay, and uh, when they are open, they're going to charge 20 30 40 50 60 bucks. I don't blame them. They're going to have to recoup because they're only going to be able to have about a quarter of the audience. Um, you're going to be able to see them in the comfort of your own living room via Zoom a Sunday night. So snatch those tickets up. For those of you who have never seen Jonathan Gregory, you're in for a treat. We are, in a sense, introducing nationally one of the great comics uh, in uh, Southern Arizona, a man that we work with for years, and we believe that it's time for the rest of the world to see him. Okie doke. So that's what's in your future. The other thing is your future is you ever thought about doing stand-up comedy. If you're bored, if you got to go I take some sort of different class, I got to do something, I got to do something new, go to comedyschools.com. Check out our beginning workshops and advanced workshops. Uh, I'd love to have you. They are big right now. They are vibrant. They are growing, but I do have... Uh, slots uh, and some smaller beginning classes where you'll get the personal attention you need to help develop your ideas into something fun and funny. Okay? All right, that's it for the day. That's it for the day. I want to thank you very much for watching. Here at 2 p.m. tomorrow. I expect you back here at 2 p.m. tomorrow. You stay safe. You stay sane. You stay healthy. Okay? And I'll miss you until my name. Yeah, tomorrow at 2 p.m. My name's Tony Visick. Your name is whatever you want it to be. Bye-bye.